Arlington police say protests Monday remain generally peaceful, but say there were, quote, several agitators. Send me another unit, please. Send me another unit. A movement, I'm telling you, they're not going to stop. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. All right, welcome back to Into the Fray. If you've been to the website recently, you may have noticed some changes. I've added a support the show section to the right-hand column. If you want to support the show, you can go to www.intothefraypodcast.com and click on one of the options. I've also added Rumble to the syndication list. They've actually built themselves into a real platform with all the features you'd want, at least for what I do. So I'm adding my content there as well. The channel is Into the Fray, all one word. Their search bar has an option to switch between a video search and a channel search. So if you want to find the show, you need to select the channel search option. A friend of mine keeps telling me I should sell merch. I'll admit I've had some fun ideas I've kicked around for a while. That's kind of where the fun side of this show kind of comes out is some of those ideas, but I've kept it theoretical thus far. DM me on Twitter at real into the fray or hit me up at what next at into the fray podcast.com with your opinion. Should I do it? Another thing, if you want to support the show, the biggest thing you can do is share the episodes on social media or even the website link. There is an exponential difference between my reach and the reach all of you have collectively. So, let's get into it. Why am I back behind the mic today? I've been wary at times of pushing too far beyond the Overton window for fear of alienating listeners who might not be quite up to speed on current events and, honestly, how close we are to things getting very dark very fast. Hard truths are an acquired taste. Too much too fast, and people reject it. For people not paying much attention and not putting the pieces together, it may look like we're just hitting a few bumps and everything will be fine. And maybe it will be. But we are so dangerously close to the edge. And hope is not a strategy. When you see a small child running unawares into traffic, you don't stand there and hope it turns out okay. The kid gloves are coming off on this one. They have to. I want to back up from what I've been doing and take a look at the broader picture. What I see was captured by President Lincoln when he said, A house divided against itself cannot stand. And I believe that is what the left is counting on. Right now in Cuba, they are rioting in the streets, waving little American flags and shouting liberty as they attack communist government buildings. They have lived under the oppression, the genuine oppression, of communism for over 60 years. Three generations have been born under communist rule in Cuba. They're trying to free themselves from tyranny. They're waving American flags, shouting liberty, and calling for democracy because they want to be free. They tried socialism. It made their lives miserable for generations. They understand now that Marxism, whether you call it communism or socialism, is a system designed to control and subjugate mass populations. Tim Pool recently commented, and I'm going to paraphrase here, that you can vote your way into Marxism, but you have to shoot your way out. 
That's tough to do seeing as disarmament, gun control, is one of the primary features of all authoritarian government. Why is the American flag the symbol of freedom and liberty throughout the world? Why are Cubans waving the American flag in their streets right now? Certainly not because of American imperialism, toppling foreign leaders and installing new ones, forcing the hand of foreign governments to do the bidding of U.S. politicians, as Biden did in Ukraine. Oh yeah, we've been guilty of that a time or two. And our history? Our history certainly has not been without its faults, even its crimes. So why does the American flag still inspire lovers of freedom around the world? It's because the flag doesn't represent what we've done. It represents what we're supposed to be. It represents the principles and ideals this nation was founded on. And while we haven't always lived up to those ideals, we've done a good sight better than all of the rest of history. While the execution of the plan has gone awry on occasion, on a lot of occasions, this nation was founded on principles that have protected us for generations and allowed us to resolve a great many of our faults. The United States of America is founded on the idea that we can live as we believe is right, that we can seek our own interests, rather than being subject to the interests of a ruler or a ruling class, and that we can do it all peacefully through free enterprise and representative government. It's not a utopia. It was never intended to be, which may account for its uncommon and lasting success. Utopia can't exist so long as human nature remains imperfect, and human nature is, and always will be, imperfect. We are founded on the idea that we can pursue our own interests, govern ourselves, live peaceably, and overcome our faults, despite those faults. And you know what? All things considered, we've been an unquestionable success. Do you know what we can do in this nation that so many people in so many places can't, particularly in socialist utopias? We can choose what path of employment we pursue. Guess what? That's not as ubiquitous as you might think. We can choose how we raise our children and what principles we teach them, provided you don't farm out the raising of your kids to the teachers' unions that control public education. Then they're raising your kids with the principles they want them to be raised with we've kind of seen how that's been working out. That's a big part of how we got ourselves into this current mess. But back to the point. We can choose where we live, what food we buy, what entertainment we consume. In socialist countries, state-run media is all you have. We have NPR and PBS, which are both very much leftist state-run media, but there are a myriad of other options, and those two outlets can just be ignored if you want. Go freedom. We're supposed to choose our own leaders. We'll see if H.R. 1 gets defeated and if audits preserve the validity of future elections, but really, I'm optimistic. I am. We have some issues we're struggling with, for sure. But all things considered, the principles America was founded on really have protected us. You want to see oppression? Real oppression? Take a close look at all of 20th century Soviet Russia. At the last 60 years in Cuba. Look at the kingdoms of the Middle East. Look at the last hundred years in China. Just in the last year, China has welded people into their homes. They have concentration camps. They're alleged to be harvesting and selling the organs of their concentration camp slaves. That's on par with the Nazi Holocaust. 
happening right now. Right now. Round up people and ethnicities considered undesirable, concentrate them into work camps, enslave them, and, for fun or profit, liquidate them. What else do you call all of that, if not oppression? The post-war entitlement generation gave rise to the ease and comforts generation, which raised the snowflake generation, which has now either morphed into or given way to the current crop of revolutionary crybabies. The left is decrying oppression at every turn, while they live in the lap of the most abundant affluence in the history of the world. They are the masters of projection. They accuse everyone else of oppression, all while driving us into systems designed to oppress. Marxism, socialism, communism, whatever you want to call it, is designed to enslave mass populations. That's what it does. By design. It's not an unfortunate byproduct of not doing it right. It's not a glitch. It's a feature. It's the feature. It's a trap. And it works like any other trap. It dangles out a tempting bit of bait the promise of free this or free that, the promise of utopia, the promise of equity. Then, once it draws you in, the trap snaps shut, and you've had it. If you're lucky enough to survive, You're a slave. You work for the state. You live for the state. The state is father, mother, God, boss, and king. You give everything to the state, and, in return, you don't get executed. You are permitted to live in exchange for all of your substance and labor. You are a slave. Maybe in a few generations, your grandchildren or great-grandchildren will have the spine you didn't to reject their slavery and reclaim their nation. If they do, and they're successful, they will have accomplished nothing more than reclaiming the ground you ceded voluntarily, and at an incredible price. Right now, there are two existential threats to America. One is China. The CCP has drank deeply of the salt water that is power and now has an unquenchable thirst for it. The second existential threat is the division being purposefully driven through American culture. The teachers' unions want to convince parents that critical race theory isn't being taught in schools. They say that CRT is a legal theory used by legal scholars to explore the legal implications of systemic oppression. But they also say this. Hat tip the blaze. The NEA, the National Education Association, further pledged to provide an already created in-depth study that critiques empire, white supremacy, anti-blackness, anti-indigenity, racism, patriarchy, cis-heteropatriarchy, capitalism, ableism, anthropocentrism, and other forms of power and oppression at the intersections of our society, and that we oppose attempts to ban critical race theory and or the 1619 Project. They already have a curriculum ready to go to teach children that America is bad, that the free market is a system of oppression, and they are prepared to fight to protect critical race theory and the utterly fictitious and thoroughly debunked 1619 Project. You remember the program that reimagined American history? The teachers' unions have such complete control of our public education system that not only are they using taxpayer funding to teach their poison, 
but they're using taxpayer funding to strategize against anyone who opposes them. Taxpayer money pays teachers, and teachers are required to be part of the union and pay union dues. They've mandated the funneling of taxpayer money to fund their unions. And what are they doing with our taxes? According to National Review, the National Education Association, there they go again, the country's largest teachers' union, voted this week to conduct opposition research on groups that oppose the use of critical race theory in school curricula. Now, you might be listening and thinking that white supremacy, anti-blackness, racism, those are all bad things and they are oppressive. And on the surface, you'd be right. But remember that the left has mastered the use of language. When they teach children about white supremacy, they're not teaching that the Democrat Party's KKK was bad or that neo-Nazis are bad. Or even why. They're teaching that white people, as a whole, have created a system of oppression to profit from the subjugation of groups they, the left, have chosen to include in their club of intersectionality. And I use the word chosen very intentionally. When they teach that the patriarchy is oppressive, what they are teaching is that white men are oppressing everyone else. For a while, that was true. Guess where white men ruling everything started to end? With the principles of the Constitution. Those principles made a way to end slavery, to expand voting rights to all American citizens, and to open opportunities to all American citizens. That process has rolled forward until today, we have company executives, celebrities, politicians, sports figures of every race, color, religion, and of both genders. Some patriarchy, where men don't actually control everything. Not even close. It's all about division. It's Marx and the Frankfurt Institute. It's oppressor versus oppressed. Even if you have to fabricate the oppression. Even if you have to convince people who have smartphones and air conditioning and who live in the freest society in recorded history that they're victims. This is what they want to teach your children. If you're white, they want to teach your children that you are part of the problem. They're trying to turn your children against you. They're trying to divide your children from you. There's a kid's book being used in schools throughout the nation called Not My Idea, a book that portrays whiteness as a contract with the devil. There's another book being taught to small children called Call Me Max, about a little girl who wants to be called a boy, and the book teaches that the parents made a mistake. This clip is an excerpt from TimCast IRL with Azra Nomani, explaining these books and what they're teaching children. Yeah. He declares that his parents had decided at birth that he was a girl, but he decided, no, I am not. The grown-ups made a mistake. And so, lovely Max is able to find little kids that he can speak to about it. And then, fortunately for him, he finds a friend who is also in the same situation and has decided that he's a girl mm -hmm. and a support group at school. And there they get to talk about their identity issues. For Away kids. from the parents who were wrong. Yes who were wrong and yes. made a mistake. That's what, and so a really critical part of these teachings, including this one, I Am Jazz, another famous oh, yeah. one, right? Is that the parents made a mistake. 
So this is again another Marxist ideal. This is from the Cultural Revolution, right? Dividing the parents from yes. the children. Yes. Creating intergenerational warfare. And ultimately, the state knows better than the parent on how to raise the child. Do you remember when the teachers were melting down over the idea that parents could now listen to their classes with oh. Zoom? Oh, yeah, I know. I think and, this is why. And yeah, because ultimately, the, in this uh, whole dynamic is the idea that the kids have secrets also that they need to keep from the parents. So, you know, this is another issue where school districts are debating whether or not a child comes to them and they say they want to be called by a different pronoun, do they tell the parents? And then they have a form on whether or not they tell the parents or not because they can keep it a secret from the parents. Wow. This book is, 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 is amazingly terrifying and crazy. Yeah. So this is the book, Not My Idea, you mentioned, a book about whiteness. So, so this was being taught to children, you said? It is, yep. Pennsylvania. Mm. So I, I just opened Texas. up to one of your one of your notes, and they, there's one page. It says connecting means opening, and opening sometimes feels. Our cars parked over here, love, like breaking. The next page. Um, mom, I don't feel good. Uh oh, should I pull over? Says the mom. In the next page, let me turn the page. I need to know what's going on. What are you talking about? That's the mother saying that. Why didn't anyone teach me real history? I do see color. I see yours, mine, and everybody's. You can't hide what's right in front of me. This is a child yelling at the I parent. know what that police. I know what that police officer did was wrong. This is the child speaking to the mother. Go with your instincts on this one. Racial justice is possible. Okay, geez, you don't have to yell. This is a book explaining to a child why to argue with your parents. Right. What's really fascinating to me is how right. it's the opposite of, of Christianity. Yeah. Honor they father and they mother. This one is the mom's like, what are you talking about? I, I, I don't understand. No, yeah. mom, you're wrong. I know what really happened. Yes. And it was just this constant theme. I'm so glad you picked up on that page because that's the theme that the kid knows better. And the kid is now taught by the teacher who's going to teach him better than their ignorant parents. Critical race theory teaches that you are a racist who is propping up an oppressive system of white cis-heteropatriarchy, and that sin makes you guilty of crimes against humanity. And guess what? Even if you're not white, but you don't agree with their cult of race theory, you're a racist too, also propping up an oppressive system of white cis-heteropatriarchy, and your internalized whiteness is showing through. You are also a heretic to the religion of intersectionality. Guess what, everybody? When the crazy cultists gain power, heretics get purged. Ji Van Fleet, a woman who escaped China and made it to the U.S., spoke out at a school board meeting. She had to shorten her speech because she was given one minute to speak. One. From Fox News. A Virginia mom who endured Mao Zedong's cultural revolution before immigrating to the U.S. ripped a Virginia school board at a public meeting Tuesday over its stubborn support of the controversial critical race theory. I've been very alarmed by what's going on in our schools, Ji Van Fleet told the Loudoun County school board members. You are now teaching, training our children to be social justice warriors and to loathe our country and our history. To me, and a lot of Chinese. It is heartbreaking that we escaped communism, and now we experience communism here. I just want Americans to know that their privilege is to be here, living in America. 
That is just the biggest privilege. There's a viral YouTube video of a mother with a thick Russian accent telling a school board exactly what they don't want anyone else to hear. Unfortunately, the audio quality and the room noise make it very difficult to understand her, but someone was good enough to transcribe the video. If you want to watch it for yourself, I'll post the link in the description. Here's what she said. Good evening, everyone. I am a mother of three children in district. I am very concerned. The proposed anti-racist program is just a prettier name for racial Marx teaching. You don't need to sugarcoat it for me. I lived it. Same methods, same vocabulary, same preferential treatment to certain groups. That's why equity is packed with good causes like diversity and inclusion. So nobody can challenge it. But I know. Ask me how I know. I was born in Soviet Union, and my family has seen it all. Suffering first from Nazi, and then from tyrannical Soviet ideology. Back there, what started with equity for all quickly ended with nothing to eat for my people. And now, my family is here because of it. Because equity does not work. We did not come here for a blanketed synthetic equity. We had enough of that one. We came here for equal opportunity under the law and freedoms in this country. Soviets extinguished all the excellence and opportunity. They told us they were advocates for equity and enemies of privilege. People believed and we paid the awful price. This ideology killed millions of people worldwide, and now you bringing it here to indoctrinate our children. Equity was just a tool used by the communists to make sure everyone was equally poorly educated, so people didn't question authority. While in definition it was about fairness, in reality, it means same outcome. Nobody excels, mind-boggling sameness. The key tactic is to remove all the incentive and motivation to succeed for all the students. This is why student committee proposing less homework and audit of AP classes? Why are you trying to demotivate students and lower the standards instead of directly helping underperforming students? That's exactly what equity means in reality, making everyone mediocre. Yesterday, I got a letter from school. The Marxist equity mentioned 14 times. I have a message for everyone here. This is not a Bolshevik central school district in Soviet Union. This is Bedford Central School District in the United States of America. I lived in Siberia. I had to switch the continents because of equity. I can, and I will switch school district if the equity gets pushed. But I will never switch on American dream and equal opportunity for my children. The very unique, which uplifts gives second chances to people like me, motivates and brings the best in the people, regardless race and ethnicity, and we have to protect it. And you don't need to tell me what equity is. Now listen to the difference in the response between the parents attending and the school board representative. I can and I will switch the school district if equity gets pushed, but I will not switch an American dream and equal opportunity. The only system in the world that lifts people up, gives second chances to people like me, motivates and brings the best in people regardless of race and ethnicity. I lived it. Thank you and, much. And you don't need to tell me what is equity. Thank you. No, no, please, no us. Does that school board represent the parents in the district? Do the teachers' unions? 
to the leftist politicians pushing this madness. Listen to the difference between the reaction from the parents who are attending and the representatives they've put in power. We have to be careful who we vote into positions of authority. We have to be careful. Oh, and this isn't just in our schools. It's been enforced in corporations, government employment, and in the military. The Biden administration recently posted an executive order mandating CRT training at every level of the federal government. From the Daily Caller, the executive order directs federal agencies to develop strategic plans to eliminate any barriers to success faced by underserved employees. This will be felt through federal hiring, which will prioritize communities that have historically faced employment discrimination and professional barriers, including people of color, women, first-generation professionals, and immigrants, individuals with disabilities, and LGBTQ individuals. So, to stop discrimination based on immutable characteristics, we are mandating discrimination based on immutable characteristics. That makes sense. Oh, but it gets so much better. This division isn't just between races. They're weeding good people out of every public institution. What good people there are in the federal bureaucracy will find the enforcement of CRT makes their workplace untenable quickly. The Biden administration is not only pushing CRT on the military, but the COVID vaccine as well. They're trying to mandate COVID vaccination for all military personnel. You know who's going to suffer the most detriment from the adverse reactions we've seen come out of this unproven, barely tested vaccine? Fighting age people. You know who's going to quit and go home rather than subject themselves to that level of risk for basically no return? The men and women in uniform who think critically. The same men and women in uniform who would tell their commanding officers no if they were tasked with a mission against American citizens. And then who's left? Think that's a bridge too far? Am I straying out on a limb? About a decade ago, the Obama administration weaponized the IRS against the Tea Party movement, burying them in targeted paperwork and legal proceedings. The intelligence apparatus of the United States has been mobilized against so-called trespassers from January 6th. I can't help but notice that none of the American citizens indicted for participating in that insurrection have been charged with insurrection, which is an actual charge, an actual crime. The full might of the federal law enforcement and intelligence agencies have been mobilized to deal with charges of trespassing and other minor offenses. Whatever you think of Edward Snowden, he did warn us. The Biden administration is pressuring telecoms to monitor our text messages and fact-check misinformation about the vaccines. The Biden administration didn't seem to have too much trouble getting the tech giants to censor and fact-check all kinds of misinformation over the past few years. Don't forget that the left uses the terms misinformation and dissent interchangeably. What do you think cancel culture is? It's the purge of ideological dissent. Conform or be purged. It's a powerful tool. But the division doesn't stop with CRT and weeding out the decent federal employees and all of the best in our military. We're also having separate Independence Days and separate national anthems pushed on us. 
For Americans who love and respect America, we have July 4th and the Star-Spangled Banner. For the intersectionality crowd, they're pushing Juneteenth and what has come to be known as the Black National Anthem, Lift Every Voice and Sing, which, by the way, is actually a beautiful and incredible song, and I'm going to get a little bit more into that later. There's a January 6th committee in Congress, and the Capitol Police are opening field offices across the nation. Yet, leftist rioters with an actual body count occupying U.S. soil and doing billions of dollars in damage are let free without bail, often without charge. From the Gateway Pundit, last week, after Nancy Pelosi announced that they would be opening state police offices in key regions across the country, the Capitol Hill police are now being reclassified as an intelligence-based protective agency. They will be given access to high-powered U.S. military surveillance equipment that is traditionally used to monitor enemy forces in war zones. On July 2nd, Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin granted the use of eight Persistent Surveillance Systems Ground Medium PSSGM, units to the Federal Police Force. The equipment will be added to the current security infrastructure and be used to help assist steady-state missions and monitor U.S. civilian actions to identify emerging threats. I looked into steady-state missions and found the definition on the Department of Homeland Security website. Steady state refers to the Department of Homeland Security's activities during normal operations. So the intent of this new intelligence-based protective agency is to run surveillance on mass groups of Americans as part of normal operations. Welcome to the new normal. Back to the Gateway Pundit. The technology was frequently used in Afghanistan and Iraq to gather intelligence on enemies in hostile regions. Now it is being used to spy on and create intelligence profiles of American citizens. The Army will install the units and train USCP officers on how to use them. Data collected from the PSSGM units can be used to create pattern-of-life analysis, and its extremely high-definition cameras allow it to track hundreds of moving targets in a large area over long periods of time. The Capitol Police are disclosing very few details on where and how they plan to use the equipment. They say in a press release that they would be sharing data between and increasing their collaboration with other law enforcement and intelligence agencies. Can you imagine if Dallas PD or Fresno PD or Boise PD started opening field offices across the nation, employing military surveillance networks and creating pattern-of-life analysis on bulk population? No kidding. Capital PD's jurisdiction is Washington, D.C. That's it. Local cops just became our newest domestic intelligence and surveillance apparatus. And what is this pattern-of-life surveillance? The U.S. Army Intelligence Analysis Manual explains it clearly. Section 5-120 Pattern-of-life analysis is a focused analysis of where and when a target has been with the intent to predict where the target will be. This analysis aids operational planning directly. Pattern-of-life analysis uses network diagrams and timelines to display a target's historical movement patterns in time and space. So, they want to track the movements and predict the future actions of... Well, looks like everybody. That doesn't sound Orwellian at all. 
Do not underestimate the lengths people in positions of power will go to hold on to their power. Whether most people realize it or not, we're in a chess game with the political elites on the left, and they've already positioned most of their pieces for endgame. I know a lot of people, maybe even most people, think that life is comfortable, and we've got to be a long way off from that kind of tyranny. But for someone who doesn't know any chess strategy, checkmate always comes suddenly. It didn't happen all of a sudden. It did take a long time to set up the endgame. But the novice player is unable to recognize what's happening until it's too late. Domestic surveillance on an unparalleled scale. The Biden administration pressuring telecoms to monitor and fact-check private text messages. Pressure to report friends and relatives who dissent. The use of the social media tech industry to censor dissent. A clear message with COVID that the left can lock us down, lie to us, and we just have to take it. Rights taken without due process, whenever they're inconvenient to the left. At what point do we accept that our way of life hangs by a thread? Even our flag, the stars and stripes that represent freedom to people around the world, is under attack. Major news outlets, a number of celebrities, and several members of Congress all spoke out against the American flag calling it a divisive symbol of political affiliation. Calling it racist. If the American flag now only represents one side of this division, that should tell you all you need to know about the other side. Do you side with the group that is trying to save the Constitution and revive the best ideals of what America was supposed to be? Or do you side with the group violently agitating to sink America into the depths of the living hell that is communism? The left has a couple of flags. One is the communist red salute, the fist turned outward. That's featured on Black Lives Matter and Antifa banners. The other is the gay pride flag. I guess we'll see which one wins out. The left is quite blatantly trying to create two separate nations inside the U.S., They call the American flag racist, but they're the ones dividing flags and songs by race. I want to go back to Lift Every Voice and Sing. It was written by James Weldon Johnson, a Republican, and he wrote it as a tribute to Booker T. Washington. There isn't an ounce of leftism in the history of that song. It's a beautiful, inspiring song. Yet it is being appropriated by the left to divide us. Here are the lyrics, published in 1900. Lift every voice and sing, till earth and heaven ring. Ring with the harmonies of liberty. Let a rejoicing rise, high as the listening skies. Let it resound loud as the rolling sea. Sing a song full of the faith that the dark past has taught us. Sing a song full of the hope that the present has brought us. Facing the rising sun of our new day begun. Let us march on till victory is won. Stony the road we trod, bitter the chastening rod, felt in the days when hope unborn had died. Yet with a steady beat, have not our weary feet come to the place for which our fathers sighed. We have come over a way that with tears has been watered. We have come, treading our path through the blood of the slaughtered, Out from the gloomy past, till now we stand at last, where the white gleam of our bright star is cast. God of our weary years, 
God of our silent tears, Thou who has brought us thus far on the way, Thou who hast by Thy might led us into the light, keep us forever in the path, we pray, lest our feet stray from the places, our God, where we met Thee, lest our hearts, drunk with the wine of the world, we forget Thee, Shadowed beneath thy hand, may we forever stand, true to our God, true to our native land. This isn't a song of division. This isn't a song rejecting the foundations of America. This is a song encouraging the listener to consider what cost, what pains it took to endure and be liberated from slavery, and pleading with God to keep us on the right path and not let us stray. It ends with the line, true to our God, true to our native land. Faithfulness to God and the principles of liberty this nation was founded on was the final plea of this poem. Do you see how this works? Divisive tactics only work on the uninformed. Marxist philosophy only works on the uninitiated. When you know of what they speak, you can see right through the lies. In abstentia lucis, tenabre vincunt. In the absence of light, darkness prevails. But what of darkness? In the caverns outside Carlsbad, New Mexico, one of the tours offered took hikers deep into the caves, and then all the lights were turned off. Deep underground, with no artificial light, that is darkness in its most profound sense. Then the tour guide lights a single match and the hikers can see the cavernous expanse clearly. Darkness is only the absence of light. The left isn't winning because their darkness is somehow overpowering our light. They're winning because they've convinced enough good people to hide their light. Some are convinced to hide their light out of fear. What will people do to them if they see their light? What will they lose? Will they lose their jobs? Will their friends reject them? Will they be ostracized by their social groups? Will they be publicly shamed? Will they be bullied online? Others, the left has convinced to be afraid their light will offend someone. They've convinced them it's okay to think that way so long as you don't tell anyone. Your views should be private, even though opposing views are paraded openly. But if you publicly share your views, they might offend someone and then you're causing harm. Your views are okay so long as you keep them to yourself. Darkness is the absence of light. Then there's this. I don't even know if it belongs in this podcast, but it needs sharing. From The Blaze. According to Kate Chatfield, who serves as Senior Director in left-wing District Attorney Chesa Bowden's office, those people concerned about crime have racial issues, not legitimate fears about the spike in lawlessness. Chatfield's comments came in a Sunday night tweet. Fox News said, in response to a Twitter user who claimed, Every single one of my friends right now is considering leaving SF. And frankly, myself included. The biggest driver is no longer cost of living, the writer said. It's crime. My friends are scared for their children, and their husbands are scared for their wives, the user wrote. Chatfield responded that the claims of crime fears are much like the racism and ideology of old-time white supremacists. Husbands are scared for their wives? 
your reminder that the crime surge crowd shares the same ideology as the birth of a nation, Chatfield wrote, referring to the 1915 white supremacist film, Fox News said. I chose to go with the Blaze article because they provided the complete tweet and more context than the original Fox News article. So now, if you're concerned about the astronomical rise in crime in your city, you're a racist. Shut up and live with it, you racist. Stop complaining about the good life we've given you, peasant. I mean, racist. I've covered a lot of ground here. What does it all add up to? We've come to a place where the political elite believe they are our betters and should rule over us. They are using our political system and our culture to extract wealth from us so they can live the good life and control what we do, what we know, and what we think so that they can continue to extract wealth from us and continue living the good life. This isn't at all dissimilar to what authoritarian rulers have done throughout history. Sometimes the people are called serfs, sometimes peasants, sometimes plebs. But always, their purpose is to keep their head down, stay in line, and create wealth for the ruling class. This carnival ride ends badly, one way or another. History has shown us over and over again how this story plays out. And it's not good for anyone. Don't buy into the fabricated division. Don't invest in their hate. Don't buy into the lies. Now is the time to be bold and speak out. Politics is downstream of culture. If we stand in the way of those hijacking our culture, we cut off the political hijackers at the knees. We have to get this madness out of our schools out of our workplace, out of our churches. We have to change what we're watching or turn off the screen entirely when it invades our homes. We have to teach our children the principles of liberty, and we have to stand boldly for those principles now, so they're still around when our children are grown. Now is the time to stop the thugs and criminals in their tracks. As far as I can tell, every nation that has been plunged into darkness has had a brief period of time where they could have stood boldly and prevented the hell that descended on them. I believe we are in that period. I have yet to find an example where people actually did stand. But then again, America already holds an entirely unique place in history. So, the die is not cast. What was it Reagan said? We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of men on earth. Or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. I suggest option A. Ariel Durant's family left Russia before the revolution, and she watched as her native country devolved into chaos, and then oppression. Together with her husband, she co-published a notable 11-volume series of books on the history of the world, so she knows a little bit about world history. She said this, A great civilization is not conquered from without until it has destroyed itself from within. She also said, Today's rebel is tomorrow's tyrant. Do you really think that if Black Lives Matter and Antifa come to power, they'll usher in an era of peace and prosperity? Of course not. They'll usher in the same kind of tyranny that every other group of thugs and criminals come to power have. And if you think that that's a crazy idea, The Black Lives Matter, Antifa, the agitators, that they can't come to power? Then you need to take a really, really close look at Lenin and the SRs from the Russian Revolution. 
If the political left, the Harrises, the Pelosi's, the AOC's and Rashida Tlaib's, the Gavin Newsom's and Gretchen Whitmer's, if the political grifters gain absolute power in the United States, we'll probably see the likes of Soviet Russia and Maoist China. If the agitative left, the Black Lives Matter, Antifa types, gain power, I believe we'll see the killing fields of Cambodia and Che Guevara's purges of Cuba. Except we'll see them here. Abraham Lincoln said, From whence shall we expect the approach of danger? Shall some transatlantic military giant step the earth and crush us at a blow? Never. All the enemies of Europe and Asia could not by force take a drink from the Ohio River or make a track on the Blue Ridge in the trial of a thousand years. No, if destruction be our lot, we must ourselves be its author and finisher. As a nation of free men, we will live forever or die by suicide. I don't know about you, but I'm not feeling particularly suicidal. Till next time, be informed, stay safe, don't do anything stupid. Thank you.